in from the right-hand side. It's a good one. Oh, it's fantastic. It's absolutely magnificent. It's Hollywood. And my goodness, is he box office or what? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Newsroom. Christian Jack alongside Charlie O'Connor-Clark, as always, a Tuesday evening live show as we recap another brilliant week, week number 24 in the Canadian Premier League, and later get you set for, wow, what is going to be a fantastic week for Canada soccer internationally as they are now in Austria and Slovakia ahead of a crucial international window against Qatar and Uruguay. Later in the show, we're going to have a roundtable of sorts answering your questions live on that camp and stickers. That's right. We're going to have stickers. Charlie, got you stickers? Got you stickers? I do. I've got them ready to go. We've got our stickers. And all of our correspondents will be here. We'll have Mitchell. We'll have Benedict. We'll have AGR. And Ollie Platt joins us later as well to get you set for the Canadian national team window. And he's going there. So he's joining us before he jumps on his flight, which is fantastic as well. Uh, results this week. Pacific FC won. Forge won. Um a, a Alessandro Hajabapur goal inside four minutes was enough to put the leaders ahead, uh, the forge ahead as the leaders, and then Jonsson own goal. Valor won, Atletico Ottawa won, a tale of two corners. As player of the week, Andrew Jean Baptiste put Valor ahead, and then Oli Bassett, as you may have saw there live with a fantastic goal from a corner, tied it up. And Joe Mason does what he always does, and that's score against FC Edmonton as he made it six goals from six in Al Clasicos as they beat, uh, as Cavalry beat FC Edmonton by a goal to nil. And York tied Halifax on Friday night under the lights at York Lions Stadium. Nil, nil. <clears throat> Let's start, though, with a rematch of last season's final. Charlie, you covered the game for Campio.ca. I was on it for one soccer. Uh, what did you make of this one? Overall, a great game. Yeah, it was a fun one, as it obviously always is when these, these two teams play, two teams that like to attack. Um, I, I'm not sure who comes out of this happier than the other. I know Pacific were quite annoyed with the, the way that they started this game, obviously, Conceding a goal in the first couple of minutes from a pretty poorly defended set piece, if we're honest, is is yeah. really frustrating to them. Um, and they felt that kind of the first 20, 30 minutes of this game, they just weren't defending well enough. They kept letting Forge in behind. Uh, but then, you know, the good things happen when guys like Kunle Dadaluk put the ball in a dangerous place, as he did for what ended up going as an own goal. So sorry, Jordan Brown, that's not your first in, in a Pacific kit. But uh, right. I, I still think for the most part... Uh, Pacific were pretty frustrated with the way they played this game. You know, they they didn't defend well in the first half. They felt uh, kind of got away with it a little bit with some chances that Forge missed, including Terran Campbell at the back post. But uh, and then they didn't feel that they attacked well either in the attacking third, which has been a problem for them lately for about a month now. Yeah. Uh, but again, Forge probably felt they did enough to win the game. Uh, weren't able to put any of them away. Yeah, it it certainly didn't seem like a game where Pacific were ruining their chances and wish they'd got two more points, which I think was a bit of indicative about how poor they are at the moment. They're just they just cannot get away with it, you know, get out, get back onto the form. That is a chance there that Taryn Campbell's, you know, particularly after his former Pacific teammate Alessandro Hajabaport scored, would have just yeah. loved to have scored as well. And whether he celebrated or not, I don't know. I deep down, I know he would have meant to. He would have loved to have scored, didn't, and in the end, it was saved. 
uh, by goalkeeper of the week this week, Callum Irvin, who I think summed it up pretty perfectly in his press conference after this game when he alluded to the goal that they gave away early. Yeah, I mean, the first one is the goal, and, and that's an unacceptable goal for us to give up. Uh, we have such an emphasis uh, on trying to remedy the problems that we have on set pieces. Um, and early on in a match, you have to be completely switched on. I mean, we have to prepare before a game so that when the whistle blows, we're already in it. And it felt like we were a little sluggish in a lot of ways in the beginning. And uh, that came to the forefront with the goal against right there. Just we weren't all on the same page. That was Pacific FC goalkeeper Callum Irving. And the champs are struggling, no doubt about it. It's been four games without a win, seven weeks in total without a win. And they've already been on one of those seven weeks without a win already earlier this season. That's the second already. Um, if you're joining us, we are going to get into some Canadian men's national team talk later and talk about the World Cup. And we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, and I bring that up because uh, courtesy of soccercars.ca, we got some World Cup stickers here. Uh, and all the correspondents tonight are going to open a couple of packs and pick their best five-a-side team. So, uh, Charlie, when we go through, I'm going to throw to Mr. Merriman next. We're going to hear what he has to say. I want you to open the pack while we do that, okay? So get one of your packs out. We're going to all find right. out what it is. Uh, Charlie's going to tell us who he gets in his pack. And here in the meantime, here's James Merriman. We know um, we need more out of these games. And we didn't start right uh, on that set piece. We can't give away goals like that. And then we're on the back foot. Um, and it probably took us 15, 20 minutes after the goal to, to find our way and to find ourselves back in. Um, and then in the second half, I think it's there. It's there for us. Um, but we still, we're still not smelling it. We're still our awareness of to, to go and, and that killer instinct, that winner mentality. We need more. Um, and we need more to win these games. Yeah, it sounds like a man who's very frustrated at the moment, Charlie. Yes. Yeah, uh, you obviously talked to him a lot. I do as well. Um, before we get to your reveal of your stickers, what is it about this team that concerns you? 1.99 is their XG in their last five games. That's the numbers, but the eye test also tells us there's a lot to be concerned about, no? Uh, yeah, it does. I think the thing that concerns me most about this team is that there's just no runway left, yeah. right? Like th It seems like the problem with this team is that they're not clicking in the attacking third. They're giving the ball away too easily when before they get to the attacking third and they're just that it that might be a product of, of maybe a lack of chemistry trying to find new combinations without obviously Alejandro Diaz who we've spoken about on the show before but there just isn't enough time for them to really find those combinations unless they can do it very quickly in training they've got uh what three games left on the schedule before the playoffs start uh, if they get there four, four. Yeah. right yeah. 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 yeah 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 they have a game in hand which is yeah. is important for them but there's just not a lot of time for them to find a new attacking system that works there's no room for experimentation here and they have been experimenting they were a team who played three midfield a lot then they went back to the four attackers on the pitch almost a 4-4-2-4-4-1-1 whatever you want um halifax away edmonton at home forge away cavalry away uh is their gruesome schedule it has to be said three of the games away from home where you would not want to go uh and then just one game left at home and they are battling valor we'll get to them in a minute uh, with AGR. Uh, Charlie, reveal who you got, mate, in your first pack of stickers. Let's see. All right, so I've got five. I've got Belgian uh, Toby Alderweireld. Oh, okay. We go. We're going to set a five-a-side team at the end of this show. So that's a pretty good still. So You're going to need a defender. Do you want players uh, who are going to play against Canada, though? That's the thing. That's the thing. I, I mean, he, he's a good player. He's just a little, I don't know, a little slow for a five-a-side, maybe. I've got Matthias Ginter from uh, Germany. Okay, packing you Not back. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've got... And then a trio of guys in the same group. I've got uh, Alireza 
Baron, oh. Baron Vand from Iran. Okay. okay. Good player. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, a guy who I'm not even sure is going to be at the World Cup, in okay. Aaron Long from the US. Oh. So he, you he might not make defend- my You've got a pack of defenders here. I do. And then I've got, yeah. you know, if I want some solidity in midfield, I've got Calvin Phillips from England. Okay. It's probably the best one of that pack, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, you need to open another pack because you cannot find any goal scorers in that pack. So there are no let's... goals in there. All right. Well, go open your other pack. And in the meantime, we're going to hear from Bobby Smidiotis on his right. reaction after a 1 1 draw for his club on the island. Yeah, I thought it was a good game from us, uh, to be honest. Overall, uh, you know, we, we exposed a lot of spaces that we thought we could find um, against Pacific. I thought we were very good uh, in the attacking moments. I thought we needed to be a little bit more aggressive. In, uh, in hitting certain zones of the pitch, but uh, we did a very good job, especially in between the lines with, uh, with Borges, uh, Abu, and then Ali Hojabrapur did a great job in pivoting us um, through midfield. And uh, I think we're good for another goal today. Um, you know, with the chances that we had, Taron Campbell at the back post, uh, Kwesi Poku on the, on the crossbar and a few in the, in the second half. So generally, I'm pleased with the guys. It's a little bit uh, not the best way to give up that goal uh, in the first half. Uh, you know, it's a play that's probably under control. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of bodies in the box. That's why sometimes you just get the ball there. Winless now in two, as uh, unbeaten now in two against Calvary and Pacific, some of the best run they could be on. They go to Edmonton next week for Jenny was right. Borges was excellent. Another player who was tremendous was Charlie's man of the matches, campiel.ca analysis, and he was just name-checked there by his boss, former Pacific midfielder who won the final last year against his current team. Here is Alessandro Hajabrapur, missing Kyle Becker in the midfield. Yeah, I think we, we did a decent job in there, uh, winning a couple second balls. Obviously, uh, we take a lot of pride in our build-up, and a lot of that is through the midfield and through the back line. Uh, maybe we would have liked to control the game, like slow it down, change the tempo a little more than we did. But, yeah, we had some decent performances in there. Um, with Kyle missing, it's a big loss, but Noah stepped up. Abu was, was good again, as he always is, and... It's a next man up type of thing, and we just work our hardest and try to work together to do the best for the team. He was very good in this one, Charlie. Reveal, have you got any goal scorers in your second pack? You don't look happy. Uh, no, I haven't really got any goal scorers in this one. I've got a uh, Welsh defender, Connor Roberts. Okay. It's okay. Uh, we've got Nam- Nampalis Mendy from Senegal. Okay. There uh, you, go. you know, some, some midfield, I suppose. Uh, yeah, AGL's cheering away in the background, I think. Yeah, he's loving this. Uh, yeah. Takahiro Tamiyasu from Japan. Okay. Another another yeah. defender. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got David Raum from Germany. Okay, yeah. And you may have to go I've find got... another pack here. I'm just going to give you a license <laughs> to do that. And then I've got Baron Vand again in goal from Iran. What are the odds of that? Just Two... brutal. Not a single forward. That is I... ridiculous. Go find another just pack. Awful, the... awful <laughs> luck. In, in the meantime, let's bring on our man AGR, who's got his own stickers as well. We're going to get him in a second. He's giggling away right here. AGR just double duty as usual for us. I'm one soccer. Uh, great work again today, my friend. Great piece on Valley. You can what you can read that on one soccer. We're going to get with AGR again later. A reminder: get your comments and questions in about the Canadian men's national team. A lot to talk about uh, heading into this one, particularly in midfield. And I know Alex, you're all over that today as well. So any questions for us on Canada? We're going to get to that for our roundtable. Very, very shortly. Uh, AGR, before you open some packs, you were double duty for us again this weekend, but you were co- covering the game in Winnipeg. And this was a big game for both clubs as Vala took on Atletico Ottawa. Vala could have narrowed the gap at the top. A tight game in the first half. It was broken open in the second one. Did you make? What did you make of this? And was it two points left on the table for the home team in Winnipeg? 
Yeah, it was certainly a, an interesting game in the sense that it was two halves. It was really, a, you know, we hear that saying a lot, but it, it was probably the best way to describe it. Uh, Ottawa looked surprisingly passive out of the gates. We've been used to seeing them strong, especially on the road. They just didn't look like themselves. I mean, uh, you were saying it yourself on, on the commentary, Christian, that how they couldn't put together any passes. They couldn't put together three passes in a row. And I think for Valor in the first half, they really... It felt like they could have taken some of those chances. Walter Ponce in particular was finding these great pockets in the box, but he just couldn't finish. And then from there in the second half, Ottawa woke up as you expect them to. It felt like an inevitable that they'd wake up. Valor grabs the lead, though, and you think, okay, surely they'll see it over the line. They have such a strong record of scoring that one goal that they need and seeing these results over the line. But credit to Ottawa and uh, just this moment of magic here from Ali Bass that we're about to see on screen just steps up, wraps his boot around it and puts it in the top corner off a corner. Uh, nice to see an Olympico goal. It was pretty, pretty special to see a goal like that from a player who's been excellent for Ottawa this year. And uh, he rescues his team in, in, in a situation where it felt like they weren't going to uh, come away with three points. But in the end, uh, they do something that most of the top teams haven't been able to do against Valor as of late, which is beat them in their or get a point off them in their own building. Yeah, we mentioned it in commentary on the day. I think Valor have been nil-nil at halftime at home five times this season, took the lead, and then won one-nil. And it looked like they were going to do it again. You used the word rescue there for Batson. I love that word because he really did rescue the team and get rescue the point at that point. Um, let's go back to IG Field and listen to um, Ollie Bassett on the goal. And by the way, what a performance it was from him as he's starting to be look like a real contender for Player of the Year in the Canadian Premier League. Nah, just uh, I think I just tried to, you know, put it on the keeper, um, you know, get someone running across it, um, try and get as much kind of whip on it as possible, um, kind of cross come shot, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, it was just kind of a, a, a lucky uh, that it went in at the far post. I promise that is Ollie Bassett hanging behind the microphone there. I don't, I don't know if you could see his face. Yeah. Charlie, <laughs> what, Charlie, Charlie, what are you shaking your head at? Are you saying he's just being modest there or what? what do you think? Absolutely. He meant yeah. to do that. He, he meant to yeah. do. He'd been watching Dougie Louise, as you said. He didn't name. He didn't name Chet Villa and Douglas Louise in the press conference. I was disappointed. I, yeah, I'm, I'm devastated. He didn't do that. Yeah, I'm not having that. He's got. He's got to get up. You know, we got to get as many Villa references in there as we possibly can. Um, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, get get uh, an Athletic Ottawa fans are all in the chat and they're all over Ollie and Hollywood. Um, but AGR, before I get you open the pack and we hear from Phil DeSantos, maybe you can just explain to our viewers just what a crucial moment that was in the game. I know you alluded to it being rescued, but if that hadn't have gone in, Valor would have been not only still in the playoff hunt and they still are, but two points back of Atletico Ottawa. They'd have been in the conversation to try and be league leaders here. And it just felt like not only did they take away two points, but a little bit of um, momentum out of the home crowd, which was, by the way, a great crowd and, and the highest of the season so far. Yeah, I mean, just one way to put it, it kind of hit me this morning, which is kind of wild to think, but all seven teams that are still alive picked up points this weekend. That's kind of bonkers if you think about it, that every team yeah. that was still alive picked up points. So if anyone were to drop points, that would have meant a lot, especially considering that three of the results were draws. Uh, so I think it's a huge goal for, for Ottawa just to get a point on the road, in, in a, especially knowing that Valor has three games uh, on, on the road coming up of their own. It's you know This was a game where if you're Ottawa, of course, you would have liked to go and get a win there, would have, you know, halted Valor's momentum. But given that they were mostly the better team on the day, especially in the first half, and 
you know, after a list, uh, you know, maybe listless performance, we could say in the final third against Halifax, they looked like themselves, even without Moses Dyer, Sean Rea was creating, I think he finished with four key passes and obviously had the, had the assist that set the, the single season assist record, which is obviously a special moment from him. And they were really looking like Valor. So for, for Ottawa to go in there, not again, they, they weren't playing well. That's the thing that's surprising. Usually you see Ottawa, when they play well, they're so tough to beat. They're good in possession. They just didn't look like themselves. So, yeah, that that goal had, you know, great context in the game, great context in the season, great context in the weekend when you consider everyone somehow picked up points uh, in the league. So, yeah, very big goal from uh, Ollie Bassett. All right, Alex, you got stickers there? Let's see. You got you some stickers? There you go. Alex yeah, is going to stick right now. No, All right, you can open. In the meantime, let's go back to IG Field and hear the thoughts of Balabas. Here's Phil DeSantis. It was a game uh, that was always going to be played in, in a very tight. Um, I wasn't expecting many goals because, you know, Ottawa having the identity that they have and um, the, way, the way that our games have been, I knew that it would be a game of mistake, a, a game of moment. Um, and, uh, yeah, the two goals coming off a set play. So, you know... Uh, uh, looking at all all of it, I the the point is probably the fair the fair result. Um, I felt that in the second second half we didn't deal as well with their transition moments, and uh, they were able to to create a little bit more through transitions. Um, but again, this is the type of team they are, and and that's what's been giving them the ability to grind results game after game or points game after game. So we didn't expect anything different coming in here today. All right, before we get to, get to the more excitement stuff and the real the big reveal, you did a big read today on Valor at One Soccer. You can also read it on Campia.ca. Maybe just let our viewers and listeners know what the uh, crux of the story was. Ajo, it was great. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was. You know, obviously the way Valor has been coming together nice, uh, you know, lately, I was curious to kind of just talk to to some of the players and Phil DeSantis himself about just, you know, how they felt everything came together because it felt like before they weren't necessarily rudderless, but they just kind of lacked that identity. They lacked that sort of feel around them, whereas now you know what Valor FC is. You go to Valor, you know what style of play, you know how they're going to want to attack you, how they're going to want to defend. They're building up a nice little... Uh, you know, crowd for themselves. We see it now. Their their crowds are getting better each week. Uh, the fans are starting to you know really come through in the broadcast. We saw some special moments like the Red River Rising flag in the dressing room and Andy Baccaro yeah. cheering in the supporter section. That, yeah. I just kind of wanted to to ask about that. And it was yeah, it was great just to hear from. Uh, got to speak to Brett Levi's and Daryl Fordyce. Obviously, two veterans, two veterans who've seen the game, and then Phil DeSantis himself, who he he's one of the most fascinating guys to to pick the brain of in Canadian soccer. So it was just great to kind of go over that and bring together what has been such a, a memorable run for them uh, so far this season that one I'm sure they'd like to see over the line. Yeah, big, big, big month for them. No doubt about it. As we said, they're in a real race. It seems like the top three are going to get in and the race is between Valor and Pacific for the fourth. I think that's starting to really look quite cl- clear. Uh, but a, rem- a reminder, Valor's three games now are all away. Friday night at York, followed by Cavalry away and the end where they started in Edmonton. So, you know, p- points to be taken, but it's going to be a challenge and their home record is far superior, far superior to their away record. So fascinating to see that. Uh, Charlie was miserable in finding his goal scorers any look for you mate you got a bit of smile on your face let's have a look at you got better be five well, goalkeepers. To start, i do have a striker i do have a striker 
So we'll go for the this pack, though the one on the left here. We got Jordan Ayu, yeah, Ghanaian striker. So that's oh, good. that's basically not a striker. That's fine. Ah, so I've got some gold France '98 card. Okay, that's kind of uh, cool. In the rules cool. of making a five-a-side team at the end, you cannot take Marcel Desailly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, I, I, I can't take Zinedine Zidane either. No, so you're not allowed to take any of them. Absolutely not. No, unfortunate mm-hmm. for me. But uh, I got Ben Davies. Okay. So some fullback depth. Suppose yeah. that never hurts. Uh, got a good, really good goalkeeper. One of my favorites in the world right now, Mike Magnon. Okay, yeah, so there you go. Good one. Yeah, Larissa's is hurt pretty right awesome. now too. So no, it doesn't really count for anything, but. Canada. Whoa! Oh, <laughs> look at that. And, you, and by the way, it's got a, it's a blue parallel, which is more than it comes in every two packs. See the blue little thing around the side. That means it, that's, oh, even, that's even rarer. So that's a special one. Uh, you probably got another pack. We need to hear from Carlos Gonzalez. So we'll go back to IG Field. We'll hear from the Atletico Ottawa boss, and then AGR will fill out his team after this one. I think it was like uh, two different halves. In the first half, we we weren't able to. To give our best version, I think that uh, uh, in certain moments, uh, you know, it was it was a tough game to start, and and, and we we didn't feel comfortable. And it's true that we improved uh, a lot in the second half, and uh, we create chances. We had quite clear chances to to score more goals. And at the end of the day, as you say, it's a, it's a valuable point uh, against a good team in a in a tough stadium that make us maintain the position and maintain the distance with them. All right, Charlie, you still haven't got to go. You got to go find another pack, mate. I, I, I've I'm, got another one. Here. I've got right, plenty you, here. I've got them all. You get here. to open another pack shortly. AJ, let's see yours, mate. Who have you, who have you got here? Okay, so so far less exciting to start. A lot of you know group F representation. I've got Bert Borna Sosa, okay, young Croatian midfielder. Yeah, we're not sure. I got a guys. double Croatia. Got uh, Mislav Orsic, mm. okay, Croatian. Yeah, uh, and then I got some Canadian love again. Uh, three seconds to guess who it is. Daniel Henry. Let's go. There you go. So I got a very good pillar at the back of my back line there. Daniel Henry for anybody to... on the uh, podcast. For yeah. sure. Daniel Henry. That's He's right. going to be a very good uh, yeah. inclusion, I think, in a five-a-side. And then I, like that. I got a lot to choose for in goal. I got Franco Armani. Okay. Argentina's the goalkeepers. Oh, and then to choices. round oh. off, I'm getting all Jeez. the blue parallels. Oh, Uruguay this parallel. time. There you go. Oh. All right. All. Well, Charlie's off to find a striker. AGR's off to find about uh, no, a cup of tea or something for 18 or 20 minutes. He's going to be back later. And you got to pick your five-a-side team from your stickers. So uh, thanks for now, buddy. We'll chat some Canada soccer in, in about 20 minutes with your 15 minutes or so. Uh, let's replace you and get the subs bench in and bring in Benedict Rhodes, who's got his stickers. Uh, and you know what else he's got? He's got a review about Al Clasico for us. Let's roll those highlights as FC Edmonton hosted Cavalry on the weekend. And another close affair, it has to be said. But in the end, FC Edmonton lose for the eighth time this year by one goal, Benedict. Uh, and they could have had more. It were very much heavily involved in this game, despite, again, the red side of Alberta winning through. Yeah, as you can see, if you're watching the highlights, the first half highlights here on, on YouTube, Edmonton was all over Cavalry in the first half. Uh, they they were probably unlucky not to score at least one goal. But Tobias Warshevsky does what Tobias Warshevsky does, and, and he was he's a focal point of their attack. Azro Gonzalez and CJ Smith on, on either side were also fantastic in the first half, but they, they weren't able to sustain that for the for the full game. And in, in the second half, Cavalry were able to get themselves back into the game. And, and you mentioned him off the top, KJ, uh, Joe Mason. He's now scored in all six games that he's played against FC Edmonton. Um, which I believe is the most goals he scored against a single team in his career. Uh, he's only been here for 
you know, less than two seasons now. So, um, you know, he, he loves these games. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see his goal right now. And, and you know, Cavalry wins this, this derby again. And it's four years now where Edmonton has never never beat Cavalry in this fixture. Yeah, it's you mentioned Joe Mason. Just that's got to be really important for Cavalry, right? I, it's one of the the best things that you mentioned, Ben, in your your match analysis that I guess Tommy Wilden Jr. spoke about after the game was Joe Mason wasn't worried about his goal drought. He said he'd had a longer one, and and he was asked where, and he said at Wolves in the championship. Um, <laughs> ben, if if they've got Joe Mason firing, if he can be the that focal point of their attack that they've been missing, how much rosier is the picture for Cavalry over the next few weeks? I want Rosier. <laughs> I think he, he on his day when he's when he's fit and he's firing. Like I, I don't know if there's a better, more you know, technically dangerous striker in, in the league than Joe Mason. You know, he's he has the pedigree, he has the experience and, and the proven track record of being able to score at some pretty high levels. And and uh, you know, when when he's getting service and he's on his game, you know, he, he can be one of the best strikers in this league and and you know for his sake and I'm sure he'll be hoping he'll uh, continue this going into the playoffs. Yeah, let's hear from Joe Mason after, as you alluded to, uh, often likes to play against FC Edmonton, um, but is a player that Cavalry absolutely needs to find that extra piece in the playoffs and could be on the end of it. But here's Joe Mason on what he likes to do about playing in the derby. Well, there's that. We see the fans we brought here today. They, it means a lot to them, and uh, we want to send them home happy. It's, a, it's our biggest uh, rival in this league. Um, yeah, so we, these are the games you want to play in, and... Uh, don't want to lose it's, it's nice for the fans they can have a nice journey home now now for the bragging rights another great part of the canadian premier league visiting fans we've seen it a few times this season uh, ottawa coming to york and obviously forge travel well different teams and uh that was fantastic to see the, the loud crowd come all the way there uh from 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 calgary uh after the game tommy wilden jr was very vocal about delivering a message for those fans that win was for them. We talked about their, you know, I think I spoke to you on the pregame about the investment dollars. I think there was two full buses that came up. They were singing and chanting. They're right behind our bench. And we said, this one's for them. We're going to send them back down the QE2 happy. Um, we knew that our home record is good. It's positive. But while we're on the road, let's bank some more points before we do it. And I think they were cheering us all the way. So when it was getting cagey and tight, they were the ones that give us that energy. So uh, they were terrific today. That, that win was for them. It also completes the away record for Cavalry, who returned home for three home games to complete the season and the regular season. And it has to be said, now they got to 41 and Ottawa didn't win. Probably the favourites to get to the top have got to go out there and deliver it. They are very good at home. They end with Atletico Ottawa, Valor and Pacific. Not easy. All three clubs going for the playoffs as well. Uh, all right. Uh, you got your stickers, Benny? And, yeah, sure did. Uh, Benny's, I think Benny's either going to pull a Declan Rice because he just loves him or he's just going to troll Charlie with the Jack Grealish. That's what I'm feeling right here. Uh, so uh, get your stickers out. And while we do that, let's hear from Alan Koch, who, uh, you know, quite frankly, in this one, he wanted a little bit more and you could see that. But here's the boss afterwards when he talked about this. We're playing well. Like we, we've got a young group and we, we work and these guys come and they listen and they absorb and we put a game plan in place and we play against a good team that they've got a game plan and uh, they come here and they know it's going to be tough. Tommy has them all prepared, but we deserve to get something out of the game today. Uh, and my heart bleeds for our guys. They, they keep pushing every single day to, to move themselves forward and move our group forward and we're going to continue. We're not going to stop. Uh, but moments like this are very, very disappointing, obviously. Well said. All right. Did you get who who you got here, Benny? That shows your first pack. Yes, yeah, so I've got two teams here. I've got the Tunisia first. Okay, that's not a good start if you're building a five aside team. You can't you can't have teams. Yeah, same with with uh, Wales. Can't claim Gareth Bale on that one. I can't, can't have that. <laughs> no, no. LAFC legend Gareth Bale. Um, yeah. 
Got uh, <laughs> Ryan Gravenberg. Okay. That's class. That's a good player. A good I want player. that guy in my midfield for five a side. He'll run yeah, Charlie's yeah. defenders all around the pitch. <laughs> yeah. Got uh, James Jago from Australia. Okay. And Alexander Deku from Ghana. Good player, too. All right. I yeah. uh, open your other pack, put your five asides together, and uh, we'll hear from Tobias Warshevsky, who's on the wrong end of this one, but has had a very, very good season and a bright spot for Alan Koch's team. Yeah, this was like between a uh, couple seconds every time, make the one a little bit earlier or uh, a little bit more switch on in the situation. You know, you, uh, sometimes the ball was directly in front of me and I was not really ready uh, in this type of situation. I, I, uh, I think uh, everybody in the final moments was uh, today not completely switched on and this was the problem today, I think. Every credit for Toby. His English is getting far better and he's getting great in front of a microphone. And credit to Charlie. He got a great interview with him last week for our FC Edmonton piece as well. Uh, Benny, any luck on the second pack? What's your team looking like? I've got another team. <laughs> Saudi Arabia. Okay. I got uh, Awer Mabel from Australia. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Here we go. <laughs> Two Aussies. You got Two there. Aussies. No, no Tas Mordicutis, unfortunately. No. Uh, got uh, Juan Pablo Vargas from Costa Rica. Okay. You got a lot of defenders here. Struggling here with the star power, Benny. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It doesn't get much better. <laughs> um, okay. I got uh, Amir Abdezay. Uh, Iran. Oh, you got your blue parallel. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Eric Garcia from Spain. That's a pretty good player. There you go. I think AGR. So a lot of defenders as well. A lot of defenders and midfielders. Yeah. Uh, Benny, you can go try and find another pack if you want to just, you know, open up some more and get a little bit of star power for the end of the show. You got to contribute your five-a-side team at the end of the show. Uh, but we appreciate you for now. We'll see you at the end. Uh, thanks for this. Uh, bring in Mitchell Tierney. He's been patiently waiting to open his stickers and kind of waiting to talk about the nil-nil from Friday night. Uh, uh, but it was nil-nil, and it was a correspondent. You were our correspondent. Let's roll the highlights, every credit the editor, for finding them. And, you know, we we love our games, and sometimes we talk about the games being great, and sometimes it's just not that great. And this was not a great game, it has to be said, Mitchell. But in the end, a game that it has to be said that York would be more frustrated than Halifax because York had a great momentum coming in, winners of four or five and 12 goals, Coming in, but in the end, they just couldn't pull the shoot and get a, a finish and, f and find a, a cru crucial goal to help with that playoff run. Yeah, I'm hoping for a goal scorer in my sticker packs here, but uh, there certainly wasn't one or a player even came particularly close um, other than maybe Fupa Mwandwe in this game. And like you said, I think just a disappointing one because it was a game where for both sides, I mean, a draw really didn't do much for them. Both of them are at the point in the season where they basically have to go perfect if they wanted to, to you know, push for any sort of playoff spot. Um, again, with their goal difference, with how many wins and points they need to just get up that table. So um, in that sense, and again, with how hot especially York was coming into this match, it was just a little disappointing to see that maybe they didn't push a little bit more, that maybe, um, you know, they, they were very cognizant of of how good Halifax can be in transition and they did do a good job I think in general of, of defending Halifax's transition but at this point of the season you know it seems like just risk it you know zero yeah. the difference between zero and one point is not the same as the difference like a single point doesn't do much for you is basically what I'm saying so um yeah I think that that was probably the biggest disappointment of this match just that there wasn't more fireworks or, or desperation from either side 
Yeah, both teams really needing a Hail Mary to get into the playoffs. Both kind of decided to just pass the ball off and run uh, at that point. Uh, disappointing, no doubt about it. Um, Mitchell, we're going to hear from Martin Nash here. But in the meantime, go up on a pack of stickers, mate. Let's see who you get. And see, hopefully you can find some strikers. We're devoid of some stars tonight. Uh, here's the thoughts of Martin Nash after this one. Yeah, I thought they came in to, to frustrate us and sit and try and catch us on the counter. Um, and I thought we did a good job of dealing with the counter. We just played too slow to open them up, and that was a big key for us. We talked about before the game, we talked about halftime, we've got to move the ball quicker. Um, and when you move the ball slow, teams like that who just stay in front of you, the defender, his team is really organized and just made it difficult for us to break them down. Yeah, it was a difficult one. Look, Azazi de Rosario, because of yellow card accumulation, was suspended, Charlie. And yeah. I think that says a lot more about his emergence, how how much they rely on him, too, for a player that before the start of the season, you know, was, was on trial for the club and now is, on you know, on pace to being potentially under 21 Canadian Young Player of the Year and, a, you know, potential player of the year, maybe even a golden boot. This is how valuable he's been. And without him on the pitch, they really lack that final third thrust. Yeah, they really do. And Mitchell, you kind of pointed it out in your match analysis, just how many crosses York played into that box that really went nowhere. And you mm-hmm. think maybe if you've got somebody like De Rosario in that box, not necessarily just getting on the ball in the air, but making things happen, making runs and, or, and attracting attention from defenders, there is more space that pops up in the box. So it's a credit to him, obviously, how important he's become to this team. But without him, there was definitely something missing at the front, right? Yeah, certainly. And uh, I think one of the things that uh, Nash even mentioned after the match was just Lisandro Cabrera. He didn't feel he got in behind enough. Um, he didn't feel his team in general got in behind enough. And, you know, Halifax were able to just keep York in front of them. Um, so I think that that was a big thing. And that's something that Ozazi de Rosario certainly brings. But you'd think they would have more than enough uh, other options uh, to, to get that. So, um, yeah, I guess at this point, you know, you have no margin for error if, you, if you're York. Um, so any error is going to cost you. And, and having an off game like this, was probably going to come but again it's just a little disappointing and maybe a little step backwards for their for their offense just one goal i believe in 20 appearances this year for losandro cabrera it just hasn't worked for him uh mitchell did the pack opening work for you what have you got um it wasn't too bad uh we'll start with uh we have another uh canadian group player um airman Luza from uh morocco who okay um then we also have uh Hans Van, Van Aken from yeah. uh, Belgium. So there you go. We're getting a lot of Canada opponents yeah. tonight. Yeah. Where are the Canadian players? I know another another Canadian opponent who had some some quality to my team, Hector Herrera oh, um, of Mexico. There you go. Uh, oh come on. That. And then again from Canada's group. Actually, we have a pair of them. Two Croatians. Um, Avusic and Nikola Vlasic. So oh buddy, oh he's good. Yeah. He's good. He's yeah, good. so not not Classic. too bad there to, to end it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So all right, uh, if you yeah, said is gonna scream. Destroy Charlie's <laughs> team. There, AGR's a little worried about his team now, but I think he'll be fine. Uh, let's go back to York Line Stadium and hear the thoughts of defender, one of the best defenders in our league, is Dominic Sassol. It's a, it's a tough one. We've had a lot of momentum over the last couple of games. I think we're finally starting to hit our stride. Um, it's obviously nice to get a clean sheet. We haven't had that in a while. Um, but it's just we weren't creating enough chances. And like Nash was saying, it was a bit slow. So I think we just needed to pick it up, maybe make a couple better decisions, pass to someone instead of making the shot. But it's uh, we kind of move forward. we still got three more games. We've still got everything to play for, try to make things interesting in the league. 
Mitch, are you open your second pack here, or do you want to? Do you want to throw to another clip? You already done it. I did, yeah, yeah. So we can uh, we can do it that. now. See, just like a kid on Christmas, <laughs> couldn't wait to rip it yeah, open. Absolutely, yeah. Um, <laughs> get good presents a lot. We we got half of the World Cup trophy, so um, I don't know what if that what, helps. What is that? The quarterfinals? <laughs> yeah, how far do you get? <laughs> oh, um, well, we've got the Portuguese badge that doesn't uh, help us doesn't much help out too. No, um, we have Trent Alexander Arnold, who I'm very excited oh, about. That's a great five aside player. Yeah. Um, and in yeah. keeping uh, with the quality fullbacks, yeah, Alistair Johnson, we got a Canadian. Let's go. Very is. excited about that. There He's anywhere on my team. Um, so I'm, I'm good with that one, and then uh. Mayo Yoshida of Japan to oh. round it out. So I, I'm I'm feeling good about my team as we uh as we head out here. Charlie, your <laughs> team is looking worse and worse. I'm in by serious trouble. Show. Uh, and like I said, uh, by the way, these guys got one pack of stickers last week in the office and the open one. And you pulled Sam Piet, Mitchell. I did, you, yeah. You, you must be the Canadian guy for this. I guess and, so, yeah. Charlie pulled gonna... De Bruyne. He didn't slip him into his pack today. But he might <laughs> yeah. want to slip him into what his pack. I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going <laughs> to cheat. I've got De Bruyne over there. I'm not I'm not pulling him in. He's not allowed. He's not eligible. Justin, Justin. There you go. All right, let's wrap up the, uh, the game on the weekend and go back to York Lions Stadium. Here's the thoughts of Halifax Wanderers boss, Stephen Hart. We wanted to score early and, uh, you know, may maybe make them feel the pressure a little bit being at home. Um, it wasn't to be. And uh, because we, we know you're away from home and you're playing against a good team, they're going to have their, their sort of period of period of domination. Um, I, I thought I thought we had a, you know, a very good first half. Uh, we played well. We created some chances. Um, in the second half, uh, we defended a little bit more than I would like, but the game was very, very stop and go. A lot of, a lot of uh, free kicks, uh, you know, from outside, and um, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't wasn't the best to to watch. But uh, we we defended well, and and unfortunately we 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 couldn't uh, we couldn't sneak a goal somewhere and uh, make it happen. Okay, uh, Mitchell's off to build his five-a-side team around Alistair Johnston and come back and present it at the end of the show. Mitch, thanks again. I'm glad that your stick pack opening was far more entertaining than the Friday night game. So there you go. Yeah, Worked out perfectly for you. Uh, let's take a look at the standings in the Canadian Premier League as we get down the stretch, and there's not many games left, and what a race we have. Atletico Ottawa still remain top of the table. And if you missed it, of course, Commissioner Mark Newton announced last week that, of course, the winner will be crowned regular season champions of the Canadian Premier League, cash incentive, and will be given a trophy in the future. Cavalry look pretty set with three home games to come. Forge, as ever, are still in the mix, and it looks more and more increasingly likely that it is one between Valor and Pacific, and Pacific with a game in hand, and Valor three away games, so lots on the line in that one. Uh, let's take a look at next week, and before we do that, a reminder of CPL Predictor.
Here are your games next week in the schedule. And it's four more games starting on Friday as York take on Bala in a massive game for the Ameri for, for the visitors from Winnipeg. And then on Saturday, Halifax Wanderers take on Pacific All Eyes on the upcoming storm. We hope everybody on the coast there is okay. Cavalry uh, against Atletico Ottawa is your come on match of the week live on One Soccer. All these games live on One Soccer, but that is the match of the week with the studio show on Saturday afternoon for One Soccer. And FC Edmonton finished the day, uh, the weekend off against Forge on Sunday. Uh, all right, that's the CPL portion of the show done. Everyone's going to build their five-a-side team. Mitchell's still here. You can go. You can build your Alex Johnson team. <laughs> He's gone. Uh, thanks for that, Mitch. Uh, Charlie, have you opened another pack yet? Have you found a way to sneak the Broiner in there? I've got one here. I've, I've got one here. I can I can open one. Uh, go on, then. Oh, we're, we're, we're gonna, we're, let's bring AGR in and Oliver Platt waiting patiently. Ollie yeah. didn't get the memo. I didn't get stickers to Ollie, but he's been packing hair dryers and clothes for his big trip to Austria. <laughs> so he's got enough to do uh, instead of opening stickers. Uh, Ollie, great to see you, my man. How are you? Oh, that's not a good start. We can't hear Ollie right now. Uh, that's because I'm on mute. Sorry about that. Broadcaster. I'm legendary broadcaster <laughs> on mute. Still <laughs> learning StreamYards. Uh, I love it. Good, thank you. I was just saying that I'm feeling very nostalgic watching you guys open stickers. So I've been enjoying yeah. it. <laughs> there you go. I'll bring you some stickers in next time you get back from your trip. Or maybe <laughs> you can you. find some. They're, they're big in Europe, I hear. Uh, right. Let's get my album. Yeah, exactly. Charlie, yeah. you got any better there or what? anything better in your third pack? I still don't have a lot of goals, but okay. uh, I've got I've got Emmerich Laporte from Spain. Okay. Now so we're getting a bit class in your team. It's yeah. better. It's a bit of class. <laughs> I have the, uh, the key to any good midfield. Uh-oh. Uh, Fred. Fred. <laughs> Where's Wheeler's when we need him? Wheeler will so be just screams five aside. Ollie, Ollie's had enough about talking about Fred on one soccer Fred, today for the rest of Fred his might life. might be an okay five-a-side player, to be fair. He might um, be okay. yeah. I've got the Korean Football Association, I think. Yeah, okay. Uh, so that's not that's much not help. not going to help you in your five-a-side team. Yeah. I've got a striker. Okay. Uh, no, you don't see, seem very happy. Adam Taggart from Australia. Okay. <laughs> Now we can play our Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Probably in my team by default. Uh, yeah. And I've got James Leas Leakey from uh, Cameroon. All right. Ooh. So it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's okay. All I right. got a little better there, but. So Mitchell and Benedict are building their five-a-side team. Charlie and AJ are going to have to do theirs on the fly. Um, as we said, get it, get your questions in. It's a big week, no doubt about it, for Canada. They are right now in Bratislava, getting ready to train in, in Austria as well, playing in Vienna on Friday against Qatar and the following Tuesday against Uruguay. Uh, Ollie, you're on your way there, so we'll start with you. Um, what are you looking to find out here? What are the key, key, key things that you're going over there to keep an eye on, first of all? Yeah, I think there's quite a lot, to be honest with you. Um, I think there's obviously... A few things that have been well documented in terms of missing players and, and holes in the team that might leave central midfield in particular stands out as one where, you know, we're all hoping that Atiba Hutchinson can get himself healthy and fit and, and that'll be OK for the World Cup. But you want to find some solutions in the meantime, some backup plans. But I've got to say, I've been thinking a bit today and the one thing I'm really interested to see is, as much as anything is, is Alfonso Davies again. And I know it sounds like a, a very obvious answer, but he's played two games to Canada since last November, right? And one was, you know, in a swimming pool in, in Honduras. So we, we saw glimpses of how, how good he can be and obviously not a surprise at this point how good he can be, but how dynamic he can be as an, as an attacking player for Canada versus where he plays for Bayern Munich. But I think there's still a bit of debate and an open question as to how John Herdman is going to use utilize him and get the best out of him 
uh, when you talk about teams like Belgium and Croatia. And obviously Canada's going to need him to be one of the top players at the tournament if they're going to have success and, and get out of that group. So it's a really good point. And because how they approach these games, you have to say, is going to be quite similar, no, to how they should approach the games hmm. not that long ago to come in Qatar. You bring up Davies, AGR, like, are we naive to think that, or are we just, is, is it not going to happen? Davies, Buchanan, Laren, and David, all four are, they, they cannot start together, can they, in those two opening World Cup games? It's going to be very hard to, to figure it in. I mean, we saw them kind of test that in the Curacao game, running that that Hutchinson Eustachio yeah. pivot. And I think Stefan Eustachio's growth is maybe the one reason that that you know, front four is still a possibility just because as we've seen for Porto where he's playing in a double pivot, you know, in a similar style formation, he's kind of going to be the the key to unlocking that. But it might be tough against a, a Belgian, uh, you know, team that's so strong in midfield, Croatia that's so strong in midfield. Uh, you know, you're going to need solidity in midfield. And is a two-man pivot going to be enough? That's a tough, you know, that's a tall ask on, you know, Atiba Hutchinson and Stefan Ustakio if they're starting or whoever else is alongside them. So I think this Uruguay test is going to be a very good preview of what that might look like. Uh, you know, John Herdman kind of hinting that one of his pre-World Cup opponents mimics one of the others, looking at the three uh, that they have in the, in the lead-up in the three in the group stage. Uh, Croatia and Uruguay are the closest. You look at Uruguay's midfield of Torreira, a Benton core, you know, you, you got uh, Valverde as well. I think that's going to yeah. be a very good test to see what Canada plans to do in midfield at the World Cup. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and I guess you segue pretty perfectly to, I think the most trending word maybe right now on the pitch is midfield, no? I mean, I feel like we go back and forth, right? We've been praising the strikers for a while and everyone was really happy with them. There was this major concern about, oh, what are Canada doing in defence? So they're never going to qualify for a World Cup with that defence. And then eventually it sorts itself out and midfield is great. And suddenly Estacchio and Kay are brilliant in the Gold Cup. And then Atiba's been, been there as well. Uh, Charlie, I guess throw to you first, but like this midfield is a concern no not only do we know that Atipo Hutchinson isn't there some of the players that are going the Zori okay others haven't been playing much how much of a concern yeah. is it for you that it's definitely a concern you know as, as you mentioned Azorio and K not getting a lot of minutes recently at TFC and uh, that's going to be a problem in Qatar as well realistically because right. uh, those those players will have been out of season for a, a couple weeks when they get there um I I don't know how you really approach that other than just like these are the players that are there. You're not going to throw players that you're not that John Herman's not comfortable with into that midfield. These are the players that got you there, for lack of a a better term. I mean, Osorio is going to play a massive role in Qatar. Mark Anthony K is going to as well. I, uh, I it's going to be an area of of problem for Canada. I think you probably do need an extra man in there against some of those teams, particularly, you know, Croatia with just the way that they can they can pick you apart with Luka Modric and, and Perisic and all of these players. So, I don't know. It is a concern. So, I am probably more interested to see how those players look in these more difficult tests than really anything else in this Canada squad for these games. Yeah. If they need an extra man in there, does that automatically mean they're playing a back four? Because, I mean, sometimes you can get away with that a little bit with a five. No, Ollie? And we've seen that before in terms of we have, and they've got away from that quite a lot in qualifying, but they have found a way sometimes to add that extra number, but a little bit more defensively. Like you're not going to play, you know, 
pack a central midfield of three and a five, you're rarely going to do that anyway, unless your front right. two are just going to explode. It's going to be David and Davies. That's a potential. But maybe that's a way. Maybe we go back to a five and, and with a number of defenders in the squad, that might be a, at least part of the game. We might see something like that. Yeah, I think we will. The way I kind of look at it is I, I think there's I, I think there's probably nine or ten positions in the team that are almost select themselves. And then you kind of get into two, two or three players beyond that who I think give you different options. Right. So, yeah. you know, if, if you want to play a five, then Larea and Johnston and Adekubi will potentially get in along with, with Miller and Vittoria. If you want another midfielder, then maybe that's Jonathan Azorio or, or someone like that. Instead, if you want to play all all of the big four, so to speak, then then Laren and David and Buchanan and Davies will play. So I, I think it's it's almost set just apart from that kind of one, you know, do you want to play five at the back? Do you want to play a five in midfield? Do you want to play two up top? That's just where you have to make the decision, I think, depending on the opponent and, and the situation. Um, but yeah, it, it does. It's a good point. It does lend itself more to Canada playing a back five when you don't necessarily have the, you know, the players in form or, or the quality that you might like uh, to fill that central midfield area if you were going to play a, a midfield five instead. Uh, yeah, however you draw, draw it up, however you put the jigsaw pieces together, I think we're going to see quite a bit of CF Montreal influence, AGR in this one, because uh, it could be Kone, it could be Waterman. No, I mean, this is, the, the, you know, we're going to have fringe players getting chances here, which... Um, you know, Rui asks in the chat, will Joel Waterman make it onto the Canadian World Cup team? Well, it would be a rise from U Sports to 3PL to MLS to the World Cup, unlike no one else before, which is a fantastic story. Uh, but I, is it safe to say that we need to see minutes of him on the pitch here? Or is it just simply John Herdman and his coaching staff really getting in the mind of Waterman here for a week uh, to see whether he can be that kind of squad player because that is also a big part of a World Cup, not just what you're going to do on the pitch, but what you can do away from that environment. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting with Waterman's situation because sometimes when it comes to players getting called into a camp, you kind of you, you want to see them on the field in a game. Like, you know, say to use an right. example, you want to see what Luca Koliosha can see on the, you know, doing the field against these top teams. Theo Corbinow, you talk about these players up front where there's a bit of a log jam. Where someone like Joel Waterman, just because defenders they don't really get rotated much for probably, you know, if Steven Vittoria and Kamal Miller are starting a match, unless there's a disaster, they're finishing the match. That's just the nature of the position. You don't want to shake it up. So for a guy like Waterman, it's almost going to be as much of, okay, deal with Alfonso Davies in training, deal with Jonathan David in mm -hmm. training. Like, yes, you deal with Romel Kyoto, Georgi Mihailovic all the time. Well, this is a step up to players that are amongst the best in the world at their positions. And uh, it, it's kind of tough for, for us who want to judge a guy like Waterman. Cause I feel like for him, most of his additioning might, be you know we, we won't see it in front of the camera we won't see it mm -hmm. in in games and hey if he performs well then the, if he if he plays at all against Qatar and Uruguay that gives you an idea of how he's doing but for a guy like him it'll be as much of what you can see in training uh, just because of the nature of the position uh, and, and what role he's going into. Charlie you've covered this guy for a long time Joe we all know him he's a tremendous guy as well I think that has mm -hmm. to be said that you know the way John Herbin is now meticulously thinking about these 26 pieces um I guess the way to be quite frank about it is there's no jerks coming back. You know what I mean? Like there's just no, you know, you, you got to pick good pieces. No. And if you're going to be a bench player or you're going to be a 24, 25, 26 man, uh, he, those of us that know Joel, I feel like he fits the bill, Charlie. Yeah. Well, you can't, you're not going to get from playing U sports to the CPL as in an inaugural season to MLS to here with an ego. 
right? Right. He's right. certainly a player who does not have that and has you know just put his head down and worked very, very hard when at times quite late in his career, quite recently, there was really no prospect of getting even to the professional game, let alone to you know the the greatest spectacle of it. So again, I I think AGR is hit it on the head here with they want to see what he's like in training and around the group because you know at the end of the day these friendly matches are more about the team and preparing the team and the starters for the World Cup than they are about giving guys opportunities and, and testing players in games for those you know 25th 26th spots in a squad. So um, it is you know a, a credit to Joel Waterman and, and maybe a bit of a you know a, an incentive to him at a recognition of him having a great season in Montreal saying okay here's your chance to come into camp and impress us and we'll keep you in mind hopefully if you do well when we are picking that squad but uh, I, I, I'd be a little surprised if he sees much game action so I think again it's mm. it's about getting him into that camp and, and he's been in there before with that with some of those players but seeing what he's like in a maybe a, a higher pressure camp is probably going to be an interesting one to see. Let's break down this roster then a little bit um, by, by the way reminder put your questions in we've got about 10 more minutes left and we'll get to some of your questions as well if we can here as well but I'm going to read out some names. And if you don't think they're a lock, put your hand up. And I know if you're listening on the podcast, put, we'll get them to speak. Trust me. Uh, but I'm reading out names that I think are absolute locks. And I want to see if anyone raises their hand to debate any of this. Uh, so let's go. Uh, Milan Boyan, Max Cripo, Dane Sinclair, Alistair Johnston, Richie Larea, Kamal Miller, Stephen Vittoria, Scott Kennedy. Mm. Oh, Charlie Ooh. and AGR. We've got two. Go ahead, Charlie. You went first. I just don't know if I'd say lock. I know he's obviously Scott Kennedy's a player that John Herdman rates really highly, but I think, I mean, if we're if we're talking about getting Joel Waterman into a squad here, um, <laughs> then the one that you're, the one that's dropping out is probably either Scott Kennedy or Derek Cornelius. Sorry, right? mate, this is no longer your squad. This is the actual World Cup squad. <laughs> <laughs> I I could see that just of those players, the only one that I could see a path to to maybe falling out of form or or something like that. Uh, it would be Scott Kennedy because he just has less experience with this team, even though he was along most of the way in World Cup qualifying. AGR, your arm was halfway up. Does that mean he's a half lock? <laughs> I just think Derek Cornelius is doing enough at his club to make it interesting, like playing 90s week in, week yeah. out against some good teams in the Greek League. Yeah. I just don't think it's secure for Kennedy in that regard for left-footed center backs. And it's true that I think the center back situation is so fluid that but beyond Vittoria and Miller, it's like, what goes on? Like, do we see someone like Danielle Henry brought in? If even if he isn't playing as much just because of that leadership, is it going to be Scott Kennedy? If he's in form, is it going to be Derek Cornelius? Cause he wins a spot, Joel Waterman. I just think there's so many questions that it's hard to, to have many locks beyond the first two. Okay. I will circle him out. There you go. You win me over. Mitchell Vossenberg agrees in the chat. Kennedy isn't a lock. He says exclamation point. He's serious about this. Uh, all right. I'll carry <laughs> out on my lock list. Uh, raise your hand. Sam Adekubi, Alfonso Davies. Uh, Stefan Estacchio. Just kidding. Mark, just kidding. Mark Anthony K. Jonathan Osorio. Sam Pierre. Well, it depends. It depends what Osorio's health is, doesn't it? Well, no, we're, we're basing it on the fact that they're healthy. Like, we can't predict if they're going to get hurt. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jonathan Osorio, Sam Piet, Atiba Hutchinson. Yeah, thank you. Tejon Buchanan. <laughs> Lucas Cavallini. Still no hands. I love it. Jonathan oh. David. Mm-hmm. Kyle Laren, Junior Hoylet. All right, I just named nineteen players there, twenty including Kennedy. So, like, that's not that's if you haven't got to give Kennedy, I, I got some more. Let me see if the, you think I haven't got any more locks, but 
Uh, next one on my list is is Kolyosho. What's he got to do not to be in the World Cup? Right? Guy plays in a massive league. He's getting key minutes. He's in the camp. He's young. Like, what, what is he going to have to do to play himself out of the 26? Anybody? AGR? Ollie? Go ahead. I, yeah. I think he's, you'd have to just be concerned that he's so young that he's tactically unreliable and you can't put him on, a, on the pitch in a, uh, in a World Cup yeah. match. I don't think that's the case because he's, you know, on the fringes of Espanyol's first team and getting some minutes there. So, you know, you've got to have a bit about you even as a teenager to, to be at that level. Uh, but I think that would be the not talent. It's more, you know, is this guy mature enough to be in a World Cup game at this point? Okay, so he's in the Kennedy list. Um, what, anybody willing to lock in Ek Ukbo? I mean, he's playing in big minutes in big leagues. I'd lock. Yeah, him I'd in. lock him in. I'm, I'm almost, I, I'm almost more sure that he'll be in the squad than Cavallini. To be honest. Really? So you're not locking Just in Cavallini, Charlie? I, I am. For the, like, I think, I think I am. But just in terms of, you know, match fitness at the time of the World Cup and. And things like that. I, uh, Ugo has been there a lot, as is Cavallini. The I last think they both go. I don't think. I think they're both going. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. I, I think a lot of these debates would be a lot more interesting, and there'd be a lot more to play for if we were talking about twenty-three man squads rather yeah. than twenty-six. Yeah. I, I think that kind of lets that's the true. coaches off the hook a little bit, and that they can, you know, <laughs> in, in a lot of cases, take both if they have a choice, right? Yeah. Well, if you're playing along at home, uh, and we've got Kennedy on the plane, uh, Coliosho and Ugo, we're at twenty-two. Uh, so, you know, we haven't got that many to go here. Uh, I've got um, two spots from De- – I've got Daniil Henry, Derek Cornelius, and Joel Wartman, and I think I can take two. Is that too many defenders? Anybody want to lock any of them in? Is Daniil Henry a lock if he's fit? I mean, he's a big personality. They, they, the players love him. Uh, he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's not going to give you many concerns if he's not played. AGR mentioned it earlier. We know – it's going to be Vittoria, and we know it's going to be Miller. Henry can come on and win a key header if he needs to. You know what I mean? He can, you know, knock, you know, knock down Romelu Lukaku in the last minute of a game or something, right? Like there's, there's, there's a lot of things he can do well. You know, I mean, if he's fit, I feel like he's close to being a lock. But I don't know what you guys think. Anyway, uh, what do you think, Charlie? I think that he'll be there. I do. Right. Uh, John Herdman has spoken a lot about this brotherhood and, and how important that kind of group of players, that core group of players that have been there throughout World Cup qualifying are to him. And he's spoken a lot about how he likes to reward the commitment to this national team, right? And few people have committed more to it over the years than Daniil Henry. So yeah. I, I think, you know, re- regardless of, of match fitness, I think that he has earned a spot at the World Cup. Okay, so we're, if we're going to give it him, we're at 23. And bear with me, I'm saving one of the best for the last, by the way. Uh, but So maybe Cornelius or Waterman might get one. We might get I think that what might about, be it, yeah. Yeah, what about Brim, Corbino, and Miller? Like, what are we talking about these guys? I always I put them in the same group because I think there's a spot for one. But I don't know if there's a spot for three. And they're all in this squad. And I know it's only 27. But it seems a very, Ollie, you're going to go there. It seems a very attack-heavy minded squad is that because he wants to see the best of them i don't imagine this amount of attackers will go to qatar yeah it's hard to see um and it's it, it's tricky with these guys because i i think you know what herdman's really focused on when he looks at his starting 11 is is those tier one players or potential tier one players right and i think that's why someone like Osho gets accelerated so quickly is you know he's getting minutes in la liga and that's what it's going to take to I don't think anyone's going to unseat Alfonso Davies, but to contend with Tejon Buchanan and Kyle Lahren and, and players like that 
for, for a place in the 11. So the the question with, with any one of those guys, I think, is, you know, in, in, a, in a key moment of any game or, or any moment of any World Cup game, are you going to put one of those players on the pitch ahead of the other options? And that, exactly. I, I can't really see that being the case. So I, I think they're all talented players with something to offer. But in terms of this particular World Cup, where you're talking about three games and, and maybe maybe more if, if, if you have success, I, I'm just not sure I really see a role for them at this point. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And that's why I think mm-hmm. based on the first two games they're playing, like you said, like, when are we, you know, when are we going to take Jonathan David and Alfonso Davies off? I mean, you might take right. David off because we talked earlier. You might put Laren on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's it, it, it a depth chart that suddenly starts to look like you got to go all the way down to get these guys. So I think maybe you need maybe one of them, but it's a lot. Um, and then I've got Liam Fraser, who didn't get picked in this squad. I'm not sure why, um, but that was a bit of a surprise to me. He was at a very good World Cup qualifying. Uh, Ismail Kone and David Wotherspoon. So I've got those three there as being fringe players. Are we willing to go Kone Lock? Anybody here? Because he's been class for Montreal. No? Like, AGR? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty close. I think very borderline lock just because with, with Fraser, it's it's up who he's up against. I think Eustachio, Hutchinson, Piet are the sixes. That's that put him number four. Whereas Azorio K, you can count Eustachio as an eight based on his club, but will he play there for Canada? I think because of that, there's more need for, you know, attacking minded midfielders, midfielders who can progress the ball. So I think Kone might have a bit of an edge and even Weatherspoon when he's healthy, just because Canada's going to need eights more than they, they need sixes because Sam Piet's been so good for Montreal the last two years. And he played 330 minutes in World Cup qualifiers just because of how deep it is, uh, you know, at the number six position. I love that. Yeah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't turn down a Piet. uh you know, Piet Estacchio Kone midfield in one of these games when you're over there, Ollie. What do you reckon? Yeah, I, I think there's much more potential need for all three of those players, Kone and Wotherspoon in particular, I think, and I'd even say Liam Fraser. I, I can mm-hmm. imagine situations where, where those guys could get on the pitch more than I can with players like Corbin and Miller right now, to be quite honest with you. So, Agreed. like you, I, I was a bit yeah. surprised that Fraser's not there, um, but I said think Kone's got a fantastic chance. I think Wallerspoon will, will be on the plane if he proves his fitness. Uh, that's it for me. I don't know. Anybody I, I missed out, put in the chat. I don't think I missed anybody out who I think could possibly be there. But I went through my list. I've got, what's that, 20? That's no, 31 players. So, I mean, we're pretty, yeah. I think we're pretty set on the majority of them. And, and that's a good thing, fellas. We'll finish on this. It's a good thing that I think... We're go, you know, despite all the trials and tribulations and question marks off the pitch, on the pitch for Canada soccer right now, there are a great deal of questions to be answered. Uh, on the pitch, it's getting form, it's getting harmony, it's getting camaraderie, it's getting the players back together, and they know for the most part who the bulk of these players are. And and Ollie, that's a good thing, no? That they're going into these games that are going to be big tests without too much to prove, and they can just go out there and be themselves in that environment. I think so. I think that's going to be pretty, well, it will be crucial to, to any kind of success in this group is that Canada needs to be settled and have a clear and coherent game plan and identity from minute one. And I think that's how you can potentially start to, to upset some teams is if Belgium is still figuring a few things out or, you know, there's, there's a little bit less kind of certainty in, in terms of what their best 11 is because of all the talent they've got. Uh, what their best look is in, in terms of systems and so on, that's when you can potentially cause some teams some problems if you're really, really clear on what it is you're doing. So I, I think yeah. that's what these these two games and, and the Japan one really as well are about is, again, like I said earlier, 
figuring out how you get the most out of Davies, figuring out how you get the most out of Jonathan David. We, we've got some of those answers, but I think there's still a little bit more to do in that regard, just with the you know the most prominent guys on the roster. Yeah, I, I like these opponents because all of them are good with the ball, um, and that's really what Canada wants to play against. They need players and they need teams that are going to test them that way. And um, if you've not seen Qatar, don't sleep on them. They're rapid going forward, and they're also good with the ball. And there's an onus on them to play good football at home. And so that's a really good opponent. And we know Japan and how technical possessing in possession they can be. And we all know about Uruguay. And, um, you know, AGR mentioned their star midfielders. They've got some real great players. Uh, Ollie, thanks for spending some time with us, mate. It's always a pleasure. Have a great time over there. I'll chat with you on Friday for the broadcast uh, live at noon on live on One Soccer, um, which I think is 6 o'clock there. So time for you to go get a nice bite after the game as well with the crew. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Cheers. That's Ollie Platt. HR, I'll keep you around because uh, you got to give me some five-a-side teams here. So uh, let's uh, – do you want to go first, Charlie? Let's bring Mitchell in. I don't know if we can get five on this. Oh, screen. I don't want to go first. I want I want to build my team let's while these guys are talking in. about theirs. Oh, you want to build that? All right. Charlie's already – you know, Mitchell's had 20 minutes to build his. <laughs> so let's go with Mitchell already. He's got some good players. Uh, Mitch, you got Alistair Johnson's uh, team going. Let's find out your five-a-side team. Absolutely. Just to clarify, uh, five outfielders, four outfielders. Doesn't matter uh, what you want. It's five side team, mate. You can pick a goalie, or you can just not play a goalie. It doesn't matter. Whether, I mean, but you like don't five get a goalie player, in your pack, then five just, players total. I just wanted to. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, who's getting the boogie? Uh, <laughs> so yes, Alistair Johnson um, evidently is my uh, my captain. Um, nice. There you go. Uh, that that probably won't go over well be. in the dressing room, considering uh, I also have Hector Herrera, who's you know might be slightly more experienced, but uh, Johnson's got the armband. He still. got sorted out in World Cup qualifying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, room. yeah. So so we'll go with that. Um, and then obviously Trent uh, has to be on that team. Um, this is a good looking team, lads. Yeah, not, yeah, good not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I will go with the goalkeeper. Um, uh, I'll go with uh, Ivusic, um, the the backup for Croatia, just to you know have an actual goalkeeper in there. Nice. Um, and then uh, we'll go with uh, Vlasic last. So oh, um, really some some yeah solidity in there, and then some players who you know are are wild cards in the best sense. I think. Okay, Charlie's still building his. Benny, can you top that? What have you got? Yes, yeah, so I, I decided to open a third pack, um, yeah, and fine. three of those players are in my five. Okay, uh, and I also also didn't include Shakiri. I got in that pack <laughs> as well. Getting messy. <laughs> you got Shakiri. You didn't put Shakiri in your pack. Yeah. Guys getting paid like record numbers in the MLS. You can't make Benny's five percent team. This better yeah. be good, mate. Let's have a look. Yeah. Sorry, I'm you, not using you snuck Messi and Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no Messi, no Ronaldo. Better than that. Okay. Raheem Sterling, first of all. Oh. England in there. Come on. Sterling. Charlie's just gutted. Yeah. Oh, Graven Birch is sticking around. I say really good team as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Eric Garcia from Barcelona at the Okay. Okay. Uh alongside him, Mitchell like this one, maybe Daniel Lamarty. Okay. Yeah, Lester. Sorry about your Lester Mitch. Yeah, championship player. I don't know how I feel. <laughs> yeah. And uh last but not least, I have Christian Erickson. Oh, oh come on. <laughs> Benedict just pulls it out at the end. Last but not least, I've got Christian Eriksson. Come uh, on, man. All right, take a picture of the five-a-side team. I'll put it on Twitter. We're going to get people to vote. Uh, but that is two very good teams that are far better than Charlie's. I haven't even seen his third pack. Uh, AGR, what have you got for me, mate? Have you put yours together? 
Well, I didn't pull a, a an LAFC like Benedict there and just pull money out of my back pocket to bring in the, the Bales and the, <laughs> the Chiellinis into my squad. So I decided to go to a bit more of a money ball approach and nice. just maximize the heck out of the guys I have. So right. In goal, I'm leading the way with Mike Magnon. I like that. Just, I think he's so underrated in what yeah. he's done for AC Milan and Lille over the last few years. Sweep yeah, a I, I got my cap- <laughs> captain, Daniel Henry. I think I just need my my Maverick back there. I need that leadership. I need the crunching guys in the first two minutes of games. Shout out Chucky Lozano for that. Yes. Uh, after much deliberation, I end up going with Borna Sosa because okay. I am not kidding. I, I did a lot of research in the 20 minutes. I found out he is one of the best ball-progressing <laughs> wow. fullbacks in the Bundesliga, so I can't ignore yeah. uh, the talent that he brings in terms of just getting the ball up the pitch. That's and right. then up front, I have a, a nice duo of Jordan Ayew as my defensive counter-pressing striker okay. of that Premier League experience. And then underneath him in the hole is Orsic, who you might remember, he's, he's creative. He's scored some nice goals in Europa League, yes. Champions mm. League. It's a good Got a team. nice little blend mm. of... Defense, ball progression, defensive striker, counter-press. I thought all of it. There you go. There you go. All right, Charlie, you're up. Uh, you don't look happy. So I'm not. Um, I'm some sleep tonight. You got a third pack and you still can't put together a good team. Like, what's going no, on? No, so I've, I'm, I'm going to have to kind of just, just go for it here. I pulled the same goalkeeper twice. He's not getting in the team, so I'm going to play a back three. <laughs> <laughs> you play the back uh, three in a five-a-side match? I'm playing a back three with no goalkeeper. It's okay. <laughs> fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, a little, a little bit uh, safer. I, I have only one striker, and he's Adam Taggart, so he kind of has to be in the team. Okay. Uh, there you go. Because I don't want to put Fred in. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let Calvin Phillips play. Okay. Yeah. I'll let him in there. Man City uh, midfielder my back. over a Man United one, I see. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Um, and then my back three, I'm going to have Emmerich Laporte. Who can, uh, he can play with That's the ball as a city player? Yeah. That's yeah. not bad. Uh, I'm going to have Matthias Ginter in there. This is so getting okay. Yeah, it's a pretty well. good team. And then in kind of that that kind of maybe libero role, little little Catanaccio football going here, I'm going to play Toby Elderwild in the middle. Okay. Of All right. It's a pretty good team you pulled uh, out there. It's actually. not a good team. It's not, it's not a good team. It's not bad. But I could win 1 0, I think. Maybe there are no set pieces really in five, five aside, but like I could probably. Just lump one up at up at Taggart's head or something. We'll figure it out. Wait, Charlie, yeah, you're out. sleeping on Beravan though, the, the keeper. I know. I mean, A, he plays in the I... Portuguese league, and B, he can throw the ball 60 yards. I mean, useless <laughs> in five aside, but he's, I know he's, he's good. Target. You need I know to he's good. The yeah. keeper works. I also think he'd be twice he's like twice the height of a five aside goal. He's like right. just under two meters tall. I just, right. But you know, I I want to go with this. I want to want to play with the ball. Not uh, none of you pulled all the midfielders so, like Pep would. He just play all five midfielders in this. So that, that would be his dream. <laughs> um, but uh, there's comments in the chat where you can get this from uh, soccercards.ca and anywhere else around. Uh, have you got your book yet? People are asking. Yes, go get your book. There it is. Have some fun with us. And you know what we're going to do? Next Tuesday night is also the night Canada Canada play that day against Uruguay. Let's recap this. Let's go up and do it again uh, next week. But tweet out your pictures, boys. Pick your five-a-side team and then uh, join us in the chat. Let us know who you like. Um, as long as it's not Charlie's team, I think you'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Charlie. Next week, maybe you get a little bit more luck to pulling out one of those world class stars. Uh, but thanks to everybody. Thanks to all you guys. Uh, we appreciate it. Thanks to Ollie Platt. And a reminder it is International Week. That's right. Canada take on Qatar, noon Eastern, live uh, on One Soccer. Join myself, Adam Jenkins, Andy Petrillo. Oliver Platt will be there. Gareth Wheeler. I think there's lots of people. We're going to get some ex- uh, export former internationals on there as well, some special guests. 
uh, two very, very good midfielders who play for Canada. I'll just say that will be on the on the broadcast with me as well. Uh, so thanks to everyone for joining us. A reminder, the Canadian Premier League continues on Friday night back at York Line Stadium. Go get your tickets. A big game there, of course, for the travelling team from Winnipeg Valor. Until then, uh, we're going to go pick some five-a-side teams and open some more stickers. We'll see you next week. Dallas stabs, but overcommits. Now the Spaniards crash.